Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the 11 a.m. edition of Sin's Chat Corner. I want to say thank you so very much to all of you who are joining me in this morning. Um, I'm going to be speaking to the very lovely and very talented Jamie Hope this morning. So without further ado, because I know she's been holding, let's get her on the line and start chatting with her. Good morning, Jamie. Morning. How are you? Good, thanks. How are you? Oh, my goodness, you sound so little. I mean, you sound so cute. Your your voice is very, very quiet in a very subtle, very cute way. Yeah, I get that a lot. Do you really? And, again, I wasn't sure what – I've looked at your picture, and I thought to myself, there's this lovely, breathtaking young lady, and she's so accomplished and talented, and I thought she's going to have this very big presence to her. So I felt a little intimidated knowing that you were going to call me. Oh, no, not at all. Oh well, thank goodness for that. And I do hear in your in your voice, is it New Jersey or New York accent? New York. Is it New York? Okay, I, I thought I had a slight bit of Jersey there, but I could be mistaken. But that's okay. That's fine. I want to say first and foremost, thank you so much for doing this for me, and thank you very much for coming on the show. Um, and of course, thanks so much to Bridget for getting us put together here. Um, I want to start at the inception of your discovery of your passion for writing. Um, when did you when, when did you figure it out? When did it come to you? Um, well, I've been living in my own fantasy world for a long time. So, <laughs> okay. I, you know, I, my imagination developed, you know, as a young child, uh, you know, being disabled, I'm in a wheelchair, and the school system wouldn't allow me to run around on the playground with other children. So I was pretty much made to sit on the sidelines watching everybody. You know, that gets boring. So you start creating fun in your mind, and it just kind of snowballed from there. And then I decided, why not write it all down? So I did. And look at that, and did it in such a beautiful and poetic way, I might add. I just, that's my own two cents here, but just beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Um, Whom do you think was most inspirational to you as it's relative to um, becoming an author? Do you have your particular favorites or those that moved you to where you thought, yeah, I want to do this? Um, Well, when I was younger, you know, I I always did love story time. Um, My favorite series growing up was the Amelia Bedelia series. I loved them and really okay. wanted to write something like that. Yeah. Sure. And uh, I don't know if you've ever had any exposure to this. My personal favorite author, and I don't know if you've read her before, is the um, Judy Bloom, the, the most established, most fabulous Judy Bloom. I think she does a creative genius as it relates to young teen novels, which you do yourself. So I was curious to ask your take on her, if you've read her, of course, or if you're familiar with her. Oh, I love her. She's one of my favorites. Really? Yeah. Yay! Which is your favorite book? Um, I don't know per se. I mean, I'm I really can't tell you. There's, there's too many. I, like you know what? I was just thinking the same thing. I was just thinking the same thing, like, hmm, how many Judy Bloom books can I remember? But it was like a, I was a kid back then. I was like 16, 17, and I'm 43 now, so there's, you know, a heck of a bit of difference. But she's just got an amazing body of work. I talked to her on Twitter a couple times, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's Judy Bloom talking to me. How cool is that, right? I'm like, amazing. Oh, that would be awesome. 
It is. It's absolutely cool, definitely. Um, did you stem from this sort of background, meaning you come from a creative uh, family or individuals that have written or done work before? No, I'm the first. Ooh, how cool. And I would guess or I would ascertain that your family, because um, I got this, of course, from my family and friends, I'm sure you might have had a similar situation. We'll see. Sometimes when you come home and you say to someone, I want to be a starving artist for the rest of my life because it's my passion, they say, um, hmm, well, there's being a doctor, there's being a lawyer, there's being anything that's financially sound. Um, did you get any of that kind of feedback from people you knew when you decided this is what you wanted? Well, actually, I was expecting that, but okay. I didn't actually decide. I mean, I went through, like, a bunch of, different career choices throughout my life. Um, but I didn't actually decide I'm definitely going to write until, like, 2006. Okay. And by that time, they were all like, I just go for it. <laughs> How cool is that, right? You get the pat on the yeah. back, like, yeah, well, you know, I guess it's the right thing to do. Very, very, very cool. Awesome. Um I wanted to say to the listeners who might be getting their first exposure to you as of today, um, obviously people that haven't seen Jimmy before do not know or may not know that you yourself are a disabled individual. Um, without being too intrusive, can you maybe provide to the listeners a summary of the circumstances causing this life change for you? Um, I was born with spina bifida. Okay. Um, so pretty much this is Oh, I've ever known, so. Okay. Do you find that that's in some ways um, more comforting to you, meaning you weren't without this condition for, let's say, the first five, six years of your life and that all of a sudden became disabled? Does, does that make it any easier for you? You know, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, I kind of think so, but yet I don't want to say that, you know, because, Somebody else might feel differently, but as for me, I think, you know, I always say, well, you can't miss what you never had. Right. I think it would be more devastating for me if I had been able to run around with the kids and then one day I just couldn't. Sure. I imagine so. Uh, Is it uh, purposely done, of course, that you create characters that mirror yourself or... um was there some other reason, meaning you just decided that you wished to have a main character with a disability, period? Or is it, of course, like I said, is you, are your, are the majority of your characters mirrors of you? Baby Jamie definitely was, because at the time, see, there was actually a time when uh, I had wanted to write, and I said, oh, I'm going to be a writer, but this was in high school. And I said, no, I'm going to... First thing I'm going to write is my autobiography. And for some reason, and I can't tell you how I came to this, I was just on the phone talking to somebody, and all of a sudden I said to myself, you know, it doesn't make sense to write an autobiography if nobody knows me and nobody's going to buy it. Sure. Let's do a children's book. And, you know, so I'm taking, like, little snippets of my life and writing children's books out of it instead of, whole great big thing. That's how baby Jamie was born. Look at that. And, of course, obviously, 
to anyone that hasn't read it, and of course I've only had a chance to kind of breeze through a little bit of this and a little bit of that, I have to say that it's it's very powerful work. I, I have to say that if it's any reflection of the person that you are and the individual that I'm talking to right now, I find that to be impressive, just so you know. Thank you. Oh, you're quite welcome. Now, in your eyes, because of course your eyes view this a little differently than the rest of us in society, I was curious to want to ask you what you feel society's stance is on disabled individuals. And by that I mean... Do you think we, meaning the outside individuals like myself per se, carry a skewed view or unintentionally underestimate your abilities because of the disability? How do you view all of that? It's funny, you know. I the way I've looked at it was I when I started writing Baby Jamie series, uh, I originally said, you know, this is for the disabled children to give them a role model, but also as a tool for non-disabled children to learn somewhat what it's like. Because, yeah, I do notice that, you know, when I'm out in public or something, you know, people will think they have to hover to me to help me or something because I can't do this or I can't do that. That's part of what this series is about, is about I mean. Sure, I go to a store or something and something's on a high shelf that I want. I can't reach it, so I do need help. But if I'm looking at something low, I don't necessarily need people to run over and assist me. Sure, sure. You know, like, yeah, I know my mind. I know what I want. I know what I'm looking for. Right. And of course, I think, and, and again, I could be wrong in my interpretation, but I knew to, I noticed that most of us, those who don't have this disability that we live with, our natural reaction to the disabled is, how do we fix this? How do we make it better? Or, oh, I'm so sorry for you know the condition you're living with. I mean, do you, do you find us? I'm trying to grasp for the right word to say here, almost as if we we just feel sorry for that particular individual. We carry that empathy without meaning to. And is uh, maybe you could address that a little bit. Tell me or tell our audience how best to not be insulting to an individual who harbors a disability, whether they want to or not. Actually, you know, the, the thing that really bothers me, and it, it shouldn't because I'm a children's book author, but right. it's when I meet children, you know, like I'm at the mall or something, and I know children are full of questions, and I have no problem answering questions from anybody, but uh, sure. I hate it when kids come up to me and say, what's the matter with you? <laughs> and, I mean, uh. that just, like, you know, bothers me right away. Like, nothing's wrong with me. What's the matter with you? Yeah. <laughs> Sure, I imagine so, definitely. That must be yeah. different. And it, I'm sure it must be heartbreaking, of course. Not that it's not as an adult, but I think as an adult we just can handle things more appropriately, whereas with a child it's just it seems, well, nothing short of senseless for a child to be in a wheelchair for any given reason, obviously. It just, just renders your heart so sad, I must say. <sighs> My goodness. Okay, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about... Um, I know you had worked within the roster of a newspaper staff, and I'm guessing it must have enabled you to get a bird's-eye view of the commitment that's needed to succeed in being a writer. Uh, can you maybe name for me any of the challenges that were posed in 
creating content for a newspaper versus, let's say, the book material that you create? Um, actually, it wasn't completely all that different because, I mean, except for the deadlines. I mean, I set deadlines for myself all the time, but I never meet them. Okay. But, you know, when you have an advisor saying, you have to have this in by such and such a date, if you don't, you're not. Then you know, you're not going to be in this issue. We're not going to hold it for you. That's about the only difference. But I mean, that I and okay. the the one time I tried to do an interview, I wound up chasing somebody down, literally. And one of my friends got behind me and gave me a nice shove so I could catch up down the hall. And I hit the wall. That was about the only thing that's you know different when you're doing interviews. Like I have a blog. And I don't have to chase people down to do interviews on my blog. I just email them and, you know, don't have to worry about hitting any walls or anything. So it's oh, safe definitely. that way. Sure, I imagine. And would you say to those that are listening that perhaps are, are looking at the possibility of embarking upon a career as a writer, would you encourage individuals to get an established background, per se, in news at a newspaper or at an organization or working with a business that involves writing, would you encourage uh, such things, meaning has it made you a more well-rounded author? Um, that's a tough one. I mean, <laughs> I kind of think it has because when I was doing my stint as a newspaper writer, I... Uh, Actually, we had the complete control over any content. I mean, pretty much, you know, I try to not write fluff, but lots of times, now that I look back on it, I think it kind of was because, you know, we could write any kind of fiction or pretty much anything we wanted to. But I tried to make it more in the context of how I was feeling within the school or some issue that I was dealing with, you know, sure. outside my home, yeah. Right. Oh, sure. I understand exactly what you're talking about. Because I myself, of course, am an author and have been so for a while, but I never really got the actual formal experience. I just always self-published, and I always kept writing and writing and writing, and I, I almost wish I would have had some exposure to being on a newspaper staff or just being behind the scenes at a TV you know, thing before I did radio, because I think it might have behooved me a little bit. You know, I mean, I think the experience... Every experience relative to your career brings you something. Do you know what I mean? Oh, definitely. Sure, certainly. Okay, let's talk a little bit about um, 2003 symbolized uh, your move to Florida, in which I know you generated your, um, had written your first song and additionally had been running a book club. And further, I noticed that your books signify a definitive usage of popular music. So I'm ascertaining that music for you holds a special meaning. So am I in point here? And if so, maybe you could share to us the reasons behind your choice to do so. Actually, music was my first love. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. So it's like a huge influence on everything. I mean, before even doing this interview, I I was listening to music. That gets me pumped up or... Right. Or, you know, puts me in a certain frame of mind, you know, to write a scene or, and, you know, 
Actually, I just, um, I was listening to a song yesterday, and just out of the blue, characters popped into my head for a new novel, and I just, like, wrote the blurb yesterday, which never happens because I hate writing blurbs. It's, like, the worst writing for me. And Really? Yeah. So now I have a new cover and blurb for a book that I really can't start until maybe the fall and maybe won't be out until sometime next year, but now it's like I'm, mm. I got really excited about it. And that sure. all happened by watch, by listening to music, so. I gotcha. Now, am I, and this is a guess, of course, just on the basis of looking at some of your material. Are you favoring um, country music, or what's your what's your thing? What would I catch you listening to if I was sitting in your house right now? Uh, today, I'm listening to a lot of 80s music. Oh, my God, really? Yeah. Look at that. That's a guess. I mean, I would have never guessed that. I honestly wouldn't have pegged you for that. I would have pegged classical music, country music, things like that. So that's quite the shock. Look at that. And goodness, do you get yourself a favorite artist? If I were to ask you the one that influences you the most or you find you're most in awe of? Uh, well, I do have roots in country, i got to tell you. And yep. my favorite artist, the one I most like to meet, Reba McIntyre. Really? Really. Oh, my goodness gracious. So I guess I'm betting that if um, I had put an announcement up on Facebook saying that Reba McIntyre was going to be on my show, then you would actually listen and call him. Oh, definitely. Oh, awesome. Okay, I'm putting it down in my notes. Note to self, just for Jamie, we're going to get Reba McIntyre. I don't know how many people I'm going to have to bribe and beg for that, but I will certainly try to make it happen. Because on this show, we like to do the unexpected. I, I think she's adorable. I've always wanted her hair color, actually. And she she resonates, the epitome of beauty, not just on the outside, but on the inside. I've been told she's an amazing woman and very accomplished in her own right, obviously. And I think that's cool. Is there something that you pick up on from country music that you don't get from other things? Why is it so significant to you, do you think? Because I really think that country music, pretty much more than any other, you know, it's it's all about the emotion of whatever the song's about. Right. Right. that's, That's what I strive for when I write. I strive to show you that emotion, make you feel it, which is why most of the time when I'm writing, I will be listening to country. Gotcha. And, of course, obviously, this I thought about, and this is maybe just the writer in me, speaking to the legality portion of things, because I believe, if I'm not mistaken, some of your titles that you've utilized are other people's work as it relates to song titles. So um, if, indeed, that's correct... Is it more complex legally to be able to do so? Um, no, well, when I lived in Florida, I was in uh, the Songwriters Guild down there. Okay. And I learned something very interesting. And they, the first thing they said was, you cannot copyright a title. Really? Anybody could, anybody could use it. So huh. that just that just got me taken off on the let's let's name all my my titles after song titles. 
<laughs> that's really cool because I looked at that and I'm like, hmm, I wonder if I'm the only one who's ever questioned that because I'm like, can you do that? That's just what I was thinking as a writer. I'm like, hmm, because I've been really careful to not do that. Like, oh, I can't use this or can't use this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So wild. See, we just learned something new on my show today. Thank you, Jamie, because if you didn't come on, I wouldn't know that. See, I get smarter every day just because of my guests. Um, let's talk about the birth of your book series, which is, of course, The Adventures of Baby Jamie. That um, was created on paper in, originally in 2005, with the actual release being November of 2006. Um, of course, as it, your main character is, is disabled. Now, have you created that person to serve in part as a personal healing for yourself? Do you think that that served that purpose in any way? I was actually thinking about that this morning, as a matter of fact. Wow. Time. Yeah, because I'm um, thinking to myself, and I'm remembering, like, all the times, well, not all the times, because I wasn't in the hospital all the times, but, like, the times I was in the hospital, you know, like, when I was younger, I was in the hospital for about three months when I was about six or seven. I really can't tell you. And uh thinking about that, and I'm thinking... You know, because the, the latest book, Baby Jamie Goes to the Hospital, was nothing at all like what really happened. And the reason for that was because it was a three-month span, and I honestly didn't know how to explain it in a simple enough form, you know, for children to understand and also keep the, the page count, you know, so where people are happy, you know, where mothers aren't saying, oh, I'm tired of reading, you know. Right. Because, I mean, you know, so you guys keep everybody happy. So <laughs> I, just, I just gave her a, ten, a tonsillectomy, which, by the way, I still have my tonsils. <laughs> okay. And, uh, but, uh, so I'm thinking about all this stuff, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, I didn't really have any issues that would be like, I needed to heal anything from my past then because I was always having fun, even in the hospital. I mean, yeah, there were those few minutes where something painful happened, you know, like, right. you know, getting the IV and all that good stuff, but sure. most of the time it was fun. I mean, there were children, played with them. Nurses came in, they were goofy, you had fun with them. It was just the doctors that freaked you out because you never knew what they were going to do. But I can't really say that, you know, there was any healing, you know, that went into this series so far, I mean. Right. Cause no. I just didn't think about it then. I guess that's why I was listening to the 80s and why pretty much I do when I work on the Baby Jamie series because... Really, it was a simpler time. Now, do you think, or might you envision, and again, this is just your personal perception because I'm always interested to get someone else's feedback, especially as it relates to this. Um, might you personally envision a disabled child, as compared to you being a disabled adult, to be stronger in their capability to cope? And by that I mean because you're younger, of course, obviously you view the world in a very different fashion. There's no hatred. 
uh, of other individuals. There's, it's just different. Do you know what I mean? I, I guess I'm curious, to, and you, of course, obviously have the the gift that we don't, which is you probably have such a finite appreciation for life and see things very differently. Hence, I guess I wonder to myself, is it easier as a child as it is an, as an adult? Oh, it's much easier as a child because, you know, you do look at the world differently. Sure. You know, you don't really think that, you know, the person staring at you is, like, has any kind of ill will towards you or anything. And matter of fact, I never even really much gave that much thought when I was younger, you know. Oh, sure. I, just went, I imagine. I just went through my days and, you know, out in public or whatever. I never even gave it a thought. I never even noticed the stairs or anything. Gotcha. Now I notice all the time. <laughs> I imagine so, obviously. Um has the acceptance of um, the various products and things that you produce, do you find that it's more popular amongst individuals in the disabled world, or do you think it's kind of evened out, meaning that people that appreciate you doesn't matter what they are, you know, disabled, not disabled, age range, etc.? I pretty much think that it's actually, you know, generalized, which I'm actually glad. And yeah. I expected it to be more so within the disabled community. Right. And but, you know, I've like done readings, you know, in uh like first grade and even up to the third grade, you know. Of you know, sure. kids that weren't disabled and they loved it and asked a lot of questions and were you know, open to it and matter of fact I even heard that some of them, you know, getting my books in the library and doing book reports on them, and that's, like, really cool, you know? Oh, my God, how cool is that, right? You're just amazing. That is awesome, because I don't hear that a lot. I mean, from the author perspective, I've spoken to others, but I think that's neat. It it isn't necessarily about the money that you make off of a book or how popular in society you are. It really comes down to who utilizes your work and who looks up to you. I think that's, that's incredible. Kudos to you. That's great. Um... I noticed that the overall bulk of your resume is not just exclusive to your adventure series. I know that you have done an autobiography, namely called Roll With It, and I believe it to be a body of work drastically different, clearly because it's in a different genre, and it showcases your life in um, such a poetic way, so I'm told. Um, what was the driving force behind your wanting to do an autobiography or, or getting to a point where you said, I'm going to do this? Yeah, it was one of those things where it had been a lifelong dream. And the wise, I still couldn't tell you. Because, but uh, I will say, and I want to use your show to announce this, I am redoing my little biography. Really? Yes. How come? I Originally, when I first did my autobiography, I was... I chose that time because I was approached by Publish America, and they said, because you're an established author, yada, yada, yada. And then they said, so we're giving you this opportunity. Sign the contract. Okay, you got six months. Six months is really not a long time. No, it's not. To write over 30 years of your life. 
Correct. I agree with you. So I kind of had, you know, misgivings about that, but I had already signed a contract, so I did it. And there you go. But, and but ever, ever since then, I've been wanting to redo it, and uh, finally got talked into redoing it, so I'm redoing it. Oh, how cool is that? That's amazing. I, I mean, are you... And I know, obviously, us as writers, you get a little bit nervous about taking on such a project. But do you find yourself excited in some ways as to where you think this is going to go, or have you not figured out where you're going with it? Oh no, I'm actually start, starting to write it here and there, in between working okay. on the novel I'm working on. But I'm very excited about this. Cool. Now I have to ask my blanket question that I usually ask of all writers of any capacity, songwriting, whatever the case may be. Um, we all have a process. At least I believe we all have a process as it relates to how we do our writing. Like, for instance, I have to have, you know, background noise, and I can't ever be drinking, and I can't, you know, I have certain to-dos. Now, as far as your process, Jamie, do you have a process? And if so, what are, you, what are your standard staples for writing? Um... My process, per se, is not really a process of, at all. I mean, I, um, like I was saying earlier, I listen to music, and things right. really just jump out at me. And, you know, I'll either write something down then and there, mm-hmm. or I'll let it marinate in my mind for a while. And usually... When it's ready to come out, it's usually when I'm supposed to be asleep. But Ah, (laughs) I've been there, done that. I know that more than once and all too well, obviously. Cool. Um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the year 2008 in July, of 2008 rather, marked the release of your young adult novel, Who Says You Can't Go Home. And I'm sure we've all heard that song before, by the way. Excellent song. Um, Can you maybe provide to the listeners a synopsis for this, material and maybe a few things that you enjoyed most surrounding producing this piece of work. Um, well actually that book was unpublished last year. Okay. And it was actually republished under the title that it was originally supposed to have. Okay. But Publish America didn't let me have it at the time. So I republished it on my own in December, and that's my latest novel, The Road That Leads to Home. And uh, that's also inspired by a song, by the way. Sure. Which is My Little Girl by Tim McGraw. Oh, <laughs> look at that. Uh, do you think that um, at this point, if I were to ask you right now, as we continue on discussing, uh, you know what, I'll hold off on that question. Let's talk a little bit more about... Um, I'd like to talk a bit about the book Blessed Open Road. Um, initially released in June of 2010, and it also signifies your first all-fiction piece. Uh, why the switch? Meaning, why delving into all-fiction? Um, most of them are fiction. Okay. I mean, the series, the Baby Jamie series, it's also fiction because I also throw in things that never happened, like the whole sun me thing. Like that was, I told you why I did that. <laughs> right. But um, fiction is easier to write anyway. So really, you think so? Need, well, which is why I need more than six months to write nonfiction. 
Yeah, because you can't make up stuff when you don't want to tell the truth of what really happened. Of course. And, you know, I guess one of the things that I was curious about myself, out of all three, because I know you've done nonfiction, you've done children's and fiction, for you, which genre holds your heart and has had the most success for you to date? Oh, well, actually, I thought you would ask me which one was my favorite to write. <laughs> well, basically, it is, in essence, that is what I'm asking. And, right, and, 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 that, and the answer to that question is the opposite of whichever one I'm writing at the time. Because usually when I'm working on the Baby Jamie series, I say, oh, I can't wait to get back to the novels. When I'm working on a novel, I can't wait to get back to the series, you know. Really? Yeah. So I kind of flip-flop, you know. I, I Baby Jamie so. will always have my heart. Yeah. Aww. Of course. It, it is so personal. Oh, right. And I think anything really, really close and personal to us, we just we hold that so tightly to us that it's just like I think we always keep coming back to it, of course. Um, common question that I get amongst um, writers that I know and curious again to ask you this. Uh, writer's block, is it something you suffer from regularly or is it, or you just find yourself things just flow? All the time. I suffer from it practically at least. 75% of the time, I think I have it because I can't come up with an original thought to save my life. Really? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, my God. I'm shocked. I can't believe it. I thought I was, like, the only person. <laughs> I really did. I'm like, oh, my God, I have to get this done, and how am I going to figure it out? And then I guess I've learned over time, and I hate to admit it, the more I push myself, the more I wait and procrastinate and push it to the absolute last minute, I seem to produce just better work, and and maybe that's just my process. But it's I get blocked all the time, and it scares me. The it scares the bejesus out of me. I'm like, oh my god, I'm not going to get it done. See, okay, so we're similar in that regard. See, it's true, people. Listen, if you're a writer, you're absolutely normal. <laughs> if all of a sudden you're stuck and you don't know where you're going with that, see, so it's good. That's kind of what I thought. I think it's unfortunately a necessary evil in our occupation. It's one of those things that's regular, I guess. Um, your first non-song title book was it was entitled The Road That Leads. Um, why would you prompt to stay away from your norm? And by that I mean if most people know you or have heard of you, they know that you use these song titles purposely. Um, so why this? Um, well, like I said, it was actually inspired by a song, but I strayed away from using the title itself was because I really thought I was going to go into a whole different genre, but it didn't happen quite the way I expected. Okay. And are you no. particularly, are you satisfied with your choice of diversity? I mean, has it suited you well? So far. Okay. No regrets? No, none. This is absolutely wonderful. Terrific. Um, and if you could, just to those who are first, again, getting their exposure of you or not having heard of you before, The Rule That Leads, maybe you could tell us a little bit about what that book's about. Um, this book, you know, I, I, I could read the synopsis to you. Uh, <laughs> I think the author would just be able to encapsulate it. 
Uh-huh. But, um, so basically the book is about, you know, a young girl who returned home because her father's ill, helping out with the family business, running in, and she runs into her old high school flame. And Aww. from there, from there, who knows what's going to happen? Well, I know what's going to happen, but you don't. <laughs> of course not. And that's the cool part about it is you just don't know where those beautiful pages are going to transcend into. I think that's just the loveliness involved with being a being a creative soul like yourself, obviously. Uh, I wanted to make sure to note how impressed I was to learn that um, portions of your book sales are benefiting the organization Share Our Strengths which works to ensure that no child goes hungry. Uh, that working relationship, was that your idea or theirs? Um, my idea. It was. Okay. What, what, is there significance or had you known about this organization or what, what What happened? Well, I think that it's important as an author to give back whenever possible. And uh, actually I'm fully intending to do a different charity every month. But this one, you know, meant the most to me. I, I'm trying to stick to um, things that would help a child because I think that's important. I mean, you know, I, I, I kind agree. of believe that old credo, you know, save a child, save the world, because you are. You're saving the next generation. Right. I couldn't agree more with you, definitely. Would you say, or I guess it's better to ask you this question, outside of this organization, might we see Jamie incorporating herself with other sorts of organizations, or moreover, have you been approached as being a spokesperson for, let's say, organizations or doing various events? Um, something that I'm hoping to do, I have not yet been approached to do it, but I'm definitely open Okay. Being a spokesperson for any organization. Okay. Well, I'm just only going to have to post that all over, all over the place now. For the next month when I do these interviews, I'm going to be like, I know this girl named Jamie, and she's looking to go off and do this and this. And she's established, and she's cute, and let's get her name out there. I think that would be lovely. I think you'd serve to be a beautiful spokesperson, um, disabled or not. I, I really don't think that the chair should have anything to do with it, and that's just my own personal opinion. Um, that's why I'm going to ask you the next question. Uh, I happen to note that you are a fan of both Tim Tebow and Chelsea Handler. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Jamie the Gal, not Jamie the author. Maybe you could tell us about some of your hobbies and interests. And I'm also, of course, always asking the question, talk to me about your love life, married, single, etc. cetera. Um, I'm single. Get out of Dodge. Cut it out. <laughs> I've seen your picture. I don't believe that for one minute. Nope, I'm completely single. Get out of here. Really? Why? Yeah. Why are you single? That way? Okay, I gotcha. Um, what? I, I was trying to formulate in my head before I talked to you. I'm sorry? Okay, I'll take the thing off. As far as well, you, and, and I've been trying to formulate in my own mind the perfect person for you in terms of, okay, if this if she has a love life, who would she be with? What What kind of guy captures your heart? Um, the kind I write about. <laughs> really? Yeah. And that would be best 
let me see. I'm trying to think of the first three things off the top of my head. If you were to describe the perfect guy for you in three words, what would it be? Uh, honest, hardworking, um, loyal. Oh, that's perfect. Absolutely perfect. Now, here's a big question. Would you prefer him to be um, disabled, such as yourself, or would you prefer him to be not disabled? Um, really doesn't matter. Really? Yeah. That's neat. Very, very neat. And so, therefore, on the interest side of things, in terms of your hobbies and interests, what are things that you go out and do on a regular basis? What do you enjoy? Um... Well, usually I'm working on my projects so much, which doesn't leave much time for a social life, but most of the time when I'm not writing, I'm reading, doing a review. Okay. You know, kind sure. of busy, but um, I've got my music. I love movies, especially classic movies. Um, and I also... Like playing video games. You? Right my, oh my god! Right now, my 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 new thing is just dance for weight. <laughs> That's majorly cool. Oh my goodness gracious! Really, I can't believe it. You're just blowing just, me away. I just found out two weeks ago I'm a dancing machine. Oh my god! Look at this. She's a dancing I, machine. I was shocked. I I I really was. Really. I can't believe it. I, I just, I'm sorry. I just, I wouldn't have pegged you for a video game girl. I thought you, I, I mean, I could see gardening. I could see, you know, um, wine tasting perhaps. I could see, you know, just different things. Pets, animals, nature, things like that. But this, you know, video games definitely wasn't on that list. Certainly not. Oh, um, I like sports. I like, I like all that rough and tumble stuff. Cool. That's absolutely awesome. You're a kick-ass gal. I like this very much. Now, uh, again, another assessment question for yourself. Do you believe in the people that you've met within the course of career, of your career, I should say, um, are you established in the right of you are now being recognized for the work that you do so people have become blind to your chair? Um. I really can't say that I've noticed that too, too much, because okay. mostly, like, the people that I work with, I work, you know, on Facebook. Sure. And they're cool people anyway, and I don't think, you know, that's the first thing that they think of when they think of me. I sure. I don't think so, so. Right. I think that's important. I think people need to be recognized for their abilities and, and the things that they do not because of what condition they have, whether it's, you know, a disability such as yourself. I, of course, have a mental health disability. That's what people label it in society, and I just I was just recently recognized for that, and I, I have to say from my personal experiences, I find that very frustrating. I think we should stand on our own merit by our name and not because we're disabled in one fashion or another according to what society says. You know what I mean? I, I guess I just i am real sensitive about that one. Um, I have one more question for you. I want to talk a little bit about the adventures of baby Jamie 
site itself because I know you have your regular website and then you have created something such as, you know, the child-friendly Baby Jamie site. Whose creative idea was that to come up with something like that for children? Mine. Look at that. Not surprising whatsoever. And what prompted that? Did you just, you thought that would be a nice supplement or or, um, where'd it come from? Actually, the children's site came first. Okay. I that was the first thing I thought of was doing something for children. And afterwards I thought, you know, I should do something for me because I'm doing other works as well. Right. So that site, you know, for Jamie Hope came much later. Exactly. And, of course, I've looked at that, and I took a perusal around. In fact, that's one of the things I'd like to show my children tonight because I, of course, have children. I think it's neat when not only do you create products for children, but you actually have a site for them where they can go and tool around and play games and do things. And I think that that's a neat, it's a neat addition to what you're already doing. So I find that to be absolutely impressive as well. Uh, I want to go through this rundown, and you, Jamie, if you want to listen to this and correct me if I'm mistaken, um, I know that you have a Twitter handle, which is, of course, at Jamie Hope. Um, I know that you are on Facebook because we're friends, obviously, and I know you can be found there. You have a LinkedIn profile. You have an actual website, which is www.jamiehope.com. Your works can be bought on goodreads.com, Amazon, barnesandnoble.com. Have I missed anything? Um, I also have a author page on Facebook. Oh, okay. And that's entitled? Uh, that's also Jamie Hope. Okay, I've got you. Okay, and just to clarify to the listening audience so you understand, most people I think normally um, assume Jamie is J-A-M-I-E, and in this case it's J-A-I-M-I-E, and Hope, of course, being just like Hope, which is H-O-P-E. And I wanted to tell you, Jamie, in case you didn't know this, um, shortly after our interview gets done, I'd say within a half hour past our completion, this becomes an archived episode. So anyone can all year round go back and listen to this if you come to the show page on Sin's Chat Corner. Any one of your fans, anyone that you know can go today, tomorrow, next month, and can listen to this entire interview that we have just done and completed. And I'm going to post all of your information, Jamie, on my page, my show pages, as well as my personal page, so that people know who you are. Um, And it's customary at the end of my show to just take 30 seconds to tell you my synopsis of my guest. So in this particular case, you, Jamie, this is what I want to say to you. Um, From the moment that I first looked at you, I didn't notice your chair. I didn't know much about you until I researched you. It's just what the lovely Bridget had told me about, Um, and I trust her. She's a good woman, and she has a feel for good people. And she's dead on in the regard of Jamie Holm. I, I find your work to be inspiring. I find you to be a beautiful soul, and that's before I even knew you. It's just what I've heard about you, what I've discovered about you. The work that you produce is amazing. I think that you have a great soul and a great talent for this. I, I think that you've found your calling. I, I'm impressed by the fact that you don't let your disability rule you. I think you rule your own world, and you do it in a great fashion. You're humbled. You're adorable. I would recommend you to anyone, and um, I'd feel insulted if you wouldn't come back and visit me. Well, thank you. I'd love to come back and visit. 
That would be wonderful. I would absolutely love that. I think you're you're a really cool chick when it comes right down to it. I know that's not the grammatical way to put it, but I think you're just wonderful. And I'm I'm so glad that you took the time to come on my show and to talk about your work and to talk about you. And I'm just curious to see what you're going to come up with next. I'll, I'll be watching to see what your next work's going to be. I'm going to work really hard and trying to get Reba McIntyre on this show for you because I think that um, – I think it's neat that you can combine a person you've met with one of their idols. I mean, if somebody came to me and said, hey, I'll bring Sherry to you, I'd be like, oh, my God. So I'd like to do that for you. I'd like to see it. I I think she's an amazing inspiration. I'd love to be able to do that. And, again, of course, love to work with you again. So certainly you have an open invite. Come back anytime. Thank you very much. Oh, not a problem at all, definitely. And I'm sure we'll be talking soon again on Facebook. You take care and have a wonderful day. Thanks. You too. All right, dear. Take care. All righty. Thank you so very much to Jamie Hope once again for coming on the show. I mean, wasn't she just delightful? I'm always so impressed by individuals who, unfortunately, whether they like it or not, have been given a lifetime handicap. And in her particular case, as you heard, she's had spinal bifida since birth. Um, Amazing to me. She doesn't let it rule her, as I mentioned. She rises above it. She's very humbled in the fact of um, she recognizes who she is outside of that handicap. And she utilizes and takes her experiences and provides a wonderful, bold character. And what's neat is that she does so much work as it relates to children. So kudos to her again. I want to go through the rundown one more time. As Jamie mentioned, she has both an author page and a personal page on Facebook. Her Twitter, if I could speak, handle again, at Jamie. Again, that's J-A-I-M-I-E, Hope. And that's all one word together. She does have a LinkedIn profile, so you'll need to connect with her if you wish to get her email address and get connected there. Her website, where you can view her work, www.jamiehope.com. Again, works can be purchased directly through Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and Goodreads.com. And again, I will reiterate one more time, after the show is completed, you can come back at any point in time, so recommend your friends or individuals you know to come back and listen to this insightful interview. I'll be posting it up on my personal page, so in case any of you aren't following me, again, my name is first name Cindy, last name is M-I-C-H, and I myself have a Twitter handle, which is at S-A-N-E-B-1-1-1. So you can find me there directly, or you can go to my show pages, either at Sin's Chat Corner, which is on the Internet on Facebook, as well as Sam Crow Radio, which is my sister station. And that can be found on Blog Talk Radio here as well, which is all one word, Sam, Crow spelled C-R-O, and then Radio. And, of course, I do that show once a week. We do Sin's Chat Corner three times a week. I do not want to neglect to mention my dear, wonderful friend, Bridget Henrietta O'Brien, Thank you so much for continuing to bring to me your clientele that is intriguing, amazing in talent, and just absolutely lovely people, as you are yourself, of course, Bridget. So thanks again so much. Please make it a point to mark your calendars tomorrow, and that's going to be 3 o'clock Central Standard Time. We have the Canadian Rockin' Sensation Western Avenue, and they are Canadians who produce country music. And that's, again, kudos. Thank you so much to Deborah Wood for organizing that interview. Thanks again for taking your time to listen today. You have yourselves a wonderful day.